This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. Jesus warns against a life that focuses on earthly wealth. These words will serve also as the basis for today's sermon, the gospel, according to Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. child was walking along the shores of Lake Michigan and just fell in love with all of the little stones that washed up on shore. He, he loved all the different colors that were there, the different shapes and sizes, some that were very smooth, others that were a little bit more rough. In fact, when he found one that caught his eye, he would pick it up and put it into the pocket of his shorts. Well, he had an eye for stones. And not long he found that his pockets were overflowing with stones, so much so that his shorts wouldn't stay up unless he held them up with the one free hand that he had. And so you could just imagine the scene, this kid kind of waddling around on the, the shores of the beach as he has these pockets that are just ballooning with stones. It was pretty comical. Well, eventually this walk led up to a playground. And it was a sweet playground. There were slides and swings and climbing structures all over the place. Now just picture, this kid really wanted to play in the playground, and he attempted his first step up the step, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't get his leg up high enough because he was just weighed down with all these stones. He couldn't run, he couldn't climb, he couldn't slide, he couldn't crawl through the tunnels. He was just too overwhelmed with these stones, but he loved them too much. They were too great of treasures for him. He wasn't about to let them go. So he just plopped down right on the ground and pouted. Seems a little foolish, doesn't it? In fact, it would have been simple for him to just take all the stones out of his pocket, put them on the ground, and then he could go and enjoy the playground. What are you storing up in your life? A man had a problem. 
His father had just passed away, leaving his inheritance to his two sons. And the man's brother wasn't dividing up the, the property, the inheritance, and sharing with them. So he came to Jesus thinking, Jesus, you can help me, right? He said, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, there's not necessarily anything wrong at face value with this request. He was entitled to an inheritance. But you see, Jesus' true God could look inside the man's heart. And he saw that this request was not driven by just doing what was right. It was a request that was driven by greed. In fact, Jesus hardly even responded to his request to be a mediator, but instead offered up this stern warning. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. What are you storing up in your life? Jesus continued with a parable, a story in which he would explain and, and share this very important spiritual truth. And in this story, you have a, a rich man who comes upon one year this great harvest, just overflowing. He doesn't have room in his barns to store all the grain that he was bringing in. Here's his plan. This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there, I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. The rich man was finding a lot of confidence and hope in the future. He was finding everything he was going to need to find pleasure in life, and it was all right there in his vast possessions. He thought life was going to be great. It was going to be easy. However, I think we can learn from the way that God responded that this wasn't exactly a very godly plan. You fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? The man's time of grace, his life, was going to come to an end that night. Suddenly it didn't matter how many barns he had or how full they were. Suddenly all the wealth in the whole wide world didn't matter because he wasn't taking a single piece of it with him. And it was no longer going to serve him. It would be someone else's. probably one of the wisest and wealthiest people that ever lived on this earth was the Old Testament believer and king of Israel named Solomon. And he experienced wealth in, in everything that it had to offer to him. And he came to this conclusion. We heard it earlier in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish. Yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. God called this rich man a fool. Why? It wasn't foolish that he was planning for the future and saving up some of his wealth. Financial planning and saving can be a good thing. 
It wasn't foolish that he was blessed to be a wealthy man. There are plenty of examples of godly people throughout the Bible who were blessed to be rich. So why was he called a fool? You need to take a good listen to the way he spoke because it gives us insight into his heart. I, 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 me, myself, I, He was wealthy beyond belief. He had vast resources at his hand. But he was not rich toward God. He would not acknowledge that all of this wealth, that this great harvest, all came from the hands of the Lord. He didn't take a moment to thank God for these tremendous blessings. He was so wrapped up in himself and storing up all of this stuff in his barns that he didn't find a place or room in his heart for God. His pockets were filled and he wasn't willing to let go of a single thing because of a greedy heart. It was foolish that here he was with all of these great resources and now he was going to stand before the Lord and eternal judgment and he wasn't going to have a single spiritual resource. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. What are you storing up in your life? The great thing about parables is that you can easily plop yourself right into the middle of it. They're meant to make us a part of it. So put yourself in this parable with me for a moment this morning. And the first thing I want you to do is to take a look at this warning that Jesus sets before you. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions you first need to realize that there is a need to watch out for greed in your life. And just think about what greed is. Greed is this intense, selfish desire to have something that maybe you either don't have or just think you need more of it. And oftentimes it's what? Power. It's, it's wealth. We need we want, right? But you see, it's much bigger than just greed. You have to look at the underlying issue. What is it that causes greed in your life? It starts with a heart that's not content with what God has given you. It starts with a heart that does not trust that God is going to provide for you or care for you in the way that you think you need to be cared for. It starts with a heart that's spiritually empty. What are you storing up in your life? In this parable, the man is rich. And I think that we are tempted to think that this whole sin of greed is just something that the really wealthy have to deal with. But that can't be further than the truth, and you know that. Because greed is a sin that affects both the rich and the poor, those who have plenty and those who have little, those who are old or young, and it goes across cultures. Greed is a sin that affects every single one of you. Just think about how greed works its way into your life and the many different ways that it does. 
often I think we first go to greed of, of wealth, of money, and how we, we grasp so tightly onto money and how we put our hope in, the, in this present time in our money and how we put our trust for the future in money. But do you see the problem there? There's no room in that equation for trusting in the Lord to provide for you as he has promised. Here's an example. Maybe this past week you were praying really hard and putting a lot of hope and and dreams into winning $1.2 billion in the Mega Millions lottery that took place this last week. Maybe you were hoping this is the thing that's going to pick me up, pay off all my debts, get me started anew again, and you threw money you didn't have at it. I don't know. Maybe the lottery is not your thing. But you find yourself putting your hope, your trust, your confidence and security in this life, in your career, in your salary, in your investments, in your 401k, in your savings. You're living and dying by the stock market. If that's what you're putting your hopes and your dreams and your trust in in this life, you're going to find yourself very empty spiritually. You have much better odds, in fact, perfect odds, trusting in Jesus. But you see, greed is not just about the desire for wealth. It finds its way into our hearts and lives as we selfishly desire other things like power, recognition, position, more stuff. It's that selfish desire to hoard in our own lives all of our time and our possessions and our talents so that we don't become a blessing to other people that God sets before us and that we don't glorify and honor God with the things He's given us. And think about what greed leads you to do. It leads you to lie and to deceive to not be content with where you are in life, to hurt and harm others, to be arrogant and self-centered. It leads you to find no room in your life for the Lord in a relationship with Him. Greed steals away time and desire to be with God in His Word and in worship, to serve God in a godly way and to be with His people. The Old Testament believer Job Put it this way. If I've put my trust in gold or said to pure gold, you are my security. If I have rejoiced over my great wealth, the fortune my hands had gained, if I have regarded the sun in its radiance or the moon moving in splendor so that my heart was secretly enticed and my hand offered them a kiss of homage, then these also would be sins to be judged. For I would have been unfaithful to God on high. What are you storing up in your life? I pray that today this study of God's word might be a wake-up call to you to evaluate your life And to look at how it is that you handle and view the relationship that you have with earthly possessions. And here's why. There is only one truly important relationship. Only one really valuable treasure that matters. 
There is only one thing that you will take with you from this life. And that one thing is a relationship with the Lord God. Value the tremendous treasure that God's grace in your life is. The grace of God that is put on display in His Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lived and died to save you from all of your sins and to give you eternal life. Put into practice in your heart and lives the words of encouragement that the Apostle Paul gave you in Colossians chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, and you have been raised with Christ who lives. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Sometime later, the father came to the little child who was sitting on the ground pouting, with pants still weighed down with stones, and said to him, why don't we empty your pockets and take all those stones and just pile them up over here? And then you can go and you can run around and you can play on the playground. The stones will still be there. You just don't need to hang on to them any longer. Your Heavenly Father, the Lord God, does the same. He comes to you and invites you to empty out your pockets, to empty out your life of all of the things that you are so greedily and desperately clinging to that are keeping you from enjoying life with Him. Don't value anything more than the tremendous gifts you have in a God who loves and cares for you and rescued you from sin and death. And that Heavenly Father comes to you and He invites you to, to empty out at the very foot of the cross all of your sin and all of your guilt and all of your shame and all of the fears and anxieties that are weighing you down and all of your greed and selfish desires. Pile it up at the foot of the cross and let Jesus pick it up for you. Because there He fills you up. He stores up in you faith. Trust in his love and his promises for you. And with that, he gives you joy and peace and comfort and a sure hope and confidence that God is faithful. And he pours this out so abundantly into your life, more than we could ever imagine. And with that, Jesus creates in you a new heart and a new life that allows you to look at God and to be rich to him to glorify God for all the blessings he's given you in your life, to thank him for those tremendous gifts. And that means that you can work hard at whatever God sets before you and not have to worry whether it's going to be enough. Be faithful in what you do, in what God calls you to do, and know that God will watch over you. Don't forsake God as you look to your plans for the future but instead entrust all of those plans into the hands of the God who is guiding and directing you, making room for God in your life. And overall, realize what the greatest treasure in all the universe really is. It's the free and full forgiveness that is yours in Christ. The salvation that has pulled you from sin and death and that cannot be taken from you. And a life to be lived with God now and forever. 
And in this way, you are filled up with greater and more abundant treasures than you will find anywhere else in this world. At the end of the day, that little child went home without a single stone in his pocket. Even though he had treasured them so greatly, he realized he didn't need the abundance of possessions because, you see, his hands were actually filled with something else. His hands were now holding on to his father's hand. And he realized all he needed was his dad. What are you storing up? Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.